You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. Well, I can honestly say I've never seen anything quite like this. For better or for worse. (laughs) Well, that was the review, kids. Thank you. Yep. 35 (laughs) seconds. We're going to go just a tenth of the fucking runtime. Full price. Okay. Anyway, no. uh, Yeah, we... um, So we decided to talk about this movie, Frankenstein's Monsters, Monster Frankenstein, which... Right when I saw that title, when it was announced on the releases for Netflix, I was like, I have to watch this. I don't care what it is. I don't care who's in it. That title already has me convinced. Uh, that's why I Look, signed up for it. I don't remember signing up for this. I, I know you did. That's why I put you on there. <laughs> that's what I was saying. Someone told me to review this. I'm like, okay, it's a Netflix movie. Oh, God. Now, the thing I did not know going in, though, like it didn't seem to indicate it at all that this is actually a short film, only 35 minutes long. And normally, I don't like to review short films and this kind of stuff, but I decided to make an exception for this one, because I, I gotta talk about it with somebody. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack here. Is yes. there, though? There is, because, uh, let's see. So, first off, I'm Justin Zarian. Hey, everybody. Over here, we got Marco again. How you doing? I'm doing well. Excellent. No, it's great to have you on these reviews, man. It's really fun. So. Likewise. Indeed. Uh, we got Alan over there, baffled Hello. and bewildered, apparently. Yes, I am baffled, and I'm also here. But are you yes, bewitched, indeed. bothered, and bewildered? <laughs> Because I was a little bewitched by this. Just a smidge. Uh, and then also, quietly sitting in the back there is Bradley. How you doing? Yes, hello. Happy to be here, as always. So, um, is anyone brave enough to try and summarize what this was about? Oh, fuck. Okay, let's try this. Uh, so, David Harbour is basically just got off his fucking rocker and is basically trying to look to his father's past to try to figure out some stuff because he's a man of mystery and then find some weird BS where he uh, was making this weird stage play based on Frankenstein's monster, but he's doing his own thing and basically just this insane man writing a play and David Harbour trying to figure out... And I'm using David Harbour because he is playing himself in the Well, a a fictional version of himself. David Harbour the third. (laughs) (laughs) Following the exploits of his father, David Harbour Jr., and then also you see a small snippet of his father, David right. Harbour the first. So yes. David Harbour comes from a, li- a long line of uh, actors, which is all <laughs> bullshit. Which it, well, yeah, which no, is no, wonderful about it. It's a completely made up David Harbour. From the get go, this movie just goes, look, go with it. You you understand? <laughs> it's just one of those. And to which I spawn, no, I don't. What the hell is going on? But but that's the thing I kind of like about it is that from the get go, this show, well, short film essentially. Just says, you know what? Screw it. What, anything is fair game in this. <laughs> so it it really just is. It's one of those things where I actually kind of appreciate this fact that they do the whole thing almost like one of those old t- televised stage plays. Like right. almost exactly in tone of its visual quality to the way it's edited to all the commercial breaks in between. It feels like one of those old like something you would see on like ABC or NBC like back in the eighties kind of right. thing. Or like when you ever they, on HBO would show you know a Broadway play. 
only without the commercial breaks. I remember watching uh, Dracula starring Frank Langella. It's kind of that thing. It feels very stage bound, but this is a much cheaper version of those. Oh, yeah. Those were always kind of prestige events, and this ain't. Uh, it's very clear <laughs> that it's very low budget. And, you know, to his credit, I, and, I, and maybe this is why I was a little bit more appreciative of this in spite of its oddity. Uh, what this reminded me more than anything is like a weird riff on Orson Welles' later career. Like, you know, yes. F is for fake. Oh, you know, it's like a visual essay where you think you're watching a documentary and then it turns out that, you know, you know, Wells's documentary about a forger it then becomes an exploration of art and the illusory quality of truth itself. And then he kind of comes around and tells you, oh, by the way, this entire story I've told you is bullshit. You know, that, that in a That's nutshell, a but, it's, of this, but instead of two hours, it's 30 minutes. And it yeah. is bug nuts insane in a very dry, absurdist way. I mean, yeah. this is really like, imagine a Charlie Kaufman script that was then directed by Orson Welles for Funny or Die. And that's kind of what this movie yeah. is. That is a great way to explain this. Uh, that is it's, it's a great way to explain it on paper, but then when you actually sit down and watch it, it, it feels like it's an incoherent mess that doesn't understand. If it, is it trying to be a comedy? Is it trying to be something See, a little bit more? Because I'm just going through, like, one, I'm not getting what's going on, and two, I'm not necessarily enjoying anything that's actually happening. See, I... I don't agree at all with that. I think this movie, this, this knew exactly what it was doing from the get-go. Whether you find it funny, I think, is the subjective part. Because, to be fair, there's a lot of weird freaking crap in this. There's this whole plot about a younger actor that he's competing against for, you know, yeah. vying for attention on this role. There's this stuff about commercial product placements that are going on. <laughs> there's a whole thing where David Harvard's investigating his past where he gets a uh, freaking Michael Lerner and another some other famous actors. Mary Warrenoff. Yeah, yeah and it, but it never goes into that much. Like, all that stuff just gets kind of brought up. And it never, it feels like this is, it should have been, it actually does feel like it should have been way longer, maybe an hour, where it's like, okay, there's so many of these plot threads that it feels like they go nowhere and just get kind of brought up for maybe a bit of absurdity and then get immediately forgotten as it cuts between this you know again this statement that's trying to show it's like oh this is like in the 70s or 80s whatever as it cuts back to almost documentary style footage of david harbour talking to a bunch of the acting directors and all these people trying to figure out what the fuck's going on but like even by the end of it i don't know any more information than i walked into but i again I don't think there was anything to gain from this. No. This is just an absurdist proof of concept more than anything. I mean, if any, right. like you said, it uh, was all for absurdity. Yeah, I mean, but it never sticks long enough watching. with any absurd task. See, but I don't think this could have sustained any more than exactly when it ended. It like, has it, like five <laughs> plot lines that it could have easily gone down to the the supposed uh, murder of that character that never fucking goes anywhere. The weird ass <laughs> beef commercial that fucking goes nowhere. Why the f <laughs> does David Harbour learn anything from all this? I, I think this is more than anything. If you spent any time. Uh, around artists or actors, there comes a point where they get really, really, some of them anyway, get really, really into their own heads about art and all these big weighty yeah. questions. And, you know, am I basically uh, Robert Downey Jr. summarizes it up perfectly uh, in, I can't remember the name of the comedy right now, where he plays a black guy and he's like, I'm a dude pretending to be another dude pretending to be another dude. Tropic which Thunder. is kind of, yeah, <laughs> and Tropic Thunder. And it's kind of the idea of like taking that Wellsian idea of like making a, a sort of tone poem about art and examining these greater things through lies and storytelling, but then going, you know what, that's full of shit. Because we're never given any reason to believe that David Harbour's character is anything but full of himself. 
the same for his father. And I really think it's David Harbour kind of playing along and going, you know what? I will poke fun at every single pompous actor who's ever crawled up his own ass and convinced himself he was brilliant. Uh, and because he's he's definitely <laughs> with the beard and the suit and everything, he's definitely playing Wells, even down to those oh, fake yeah. commercials, Absolutely. which are like the Paul Masson commercials. Yeah. Once I tuned into that wavelength, I was like, oh, this is every Wells late period Wells film that people have told me is brilliant, but I still couldn't really get into. And they're like turning that on its head and going, it's actually kind of ridiculous. Yeah. After watching The Other Side of the Wind on Netflix, I feel like that's yeah. exactly where you got the inspiration for this. <laughs> yeah. No, like, definitely when you say that, it's like, it does play a lot of lip service. And even if it's said it's a parody, this it may be a situation where it's like, hey, I just don't know enough about film history to even get half of this, what the fuck this is going for. Which is fair. But, yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like, I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's probably a lot of people that are fans of David Harbour that have no goddamn idea where a lot of the stuff he's pulling it from. I'm not saying that every movie needs to cater to the fucking general masses, but I do feel like this is one of those situations where if they had a longer runtime, I feel like they could have got something funnier or more interesting out of this as, as a narrative, as a breakdown of what it's like to be a full of shit actor, because it feels like that's what they were kind of going for. I, it's like, what's it like yeah. to be full of shit? But like, it ends so quickly that you're like, I didn't really gain anything. It's like a breath of air. It comes in and comes out. I'm very curious <laughs> what the networks, uh, what Netflix's algorithm is doing with this show. Because I don't know who's it is pull- promoted like on the front. Yeah, but because right much. now, I mean, Hellboy's uh, poor box office notwithstanding, David Harbour's having kind of a moment right now, and I don't yep. think it's a mistake that this comes out like a week after Stranger, Stranger Things three. And I know this is perverse and horrible sounding of me, but I love the idea that there are a bunch of people still crying over the end of Stranger Things 3 going, I need my David Harbour fix. This will make me feel better. And they click on this. <laughs> hey, I, maybe they'll enjoy it. If you you're know, a fan of David Harbour, but, you're probably going to enjoy whatever this yeah. is. But, but to your earlier point, which is like, yeah, a lot. This is going to fly over the head of a lot of people who this is supposedly the audience for. And I kind of like it for that because it's such an oddball thing and it's not catering to any specific group or target audience i i think the only audience this was made for is it's for the people who made it they it exists <laughs> because they wanted it to happen and somehow they convinced a24 and netflix to put it out and god yeah, that was the biggest that. shock Look, that was the biggest shock when i walked to the end i'm like a24 produced right. this that makes so much more sense <laughs> with the amount of but bullshit although a24 produced slice and that sucked so i mean they're yeah. not they don't oh, have they a perfect that? record oh, god, that was them that was awesome. Yeah, no, but the same I things I did. That one. The same things I did like about this, though, because we've been just talking about what a, what the frick it is. Um, I, there's just a lot of great recurring gags. Like there's a whole bit about him talking about I went to Juilliard, and that always. <laughs> That's, how like, That's how I got into Juilliard. That's how I got into Juilliard. But then uh, my favorite recurring gag for something that absolutely meant nothing to the general plot. Alfred Molina just coming in to read one line of dialogue and exit off stage every time. Right. And then cutting to his faux sort of in the actor's studio type shows like the actor's trunk. It's a bunch of great actors just (laughs) taking the piss out of other actors. And you've got to kind of appreciate that. You know, they're like, yeah, we are kind of pompous and ridiculous. And maybe we don't deserve all this adulation. And if you've ever seen any of David Harbour's stuff online, you know that, A, he has a good sense of humor about himself, and he's not oh, yeah. shy about... I mean, I think he did it for Wired. He did this weird skit 
which was like David Harbour going around like the East Village, like trying to talk people into going to his one man show. And it's just this pretentious um, nightmare inside a black box theater with like beat poetry <laughs> and things. It's like three hours long and like his poems about the death of celebrity culture, whatever. David Harbour loves to take uh, the piss out of himself and he's managed yeah. to convince a bunch of other people to let him do it for 30 minutes on Netflix's dime. And that's, yeah. I gotta respect that. I kind of do too. I think that's just, this was just so much fun. It's, again, this is not going to be for everyone's taste because it is so bug nuts weird. But that's kind of why I was so hypnotized by it. Like, it, it is one of those weird things too where, like you said, Alan, it is slight. It is, like, over before you know it. Literally because the ending just ends abruptly. Like, more abruptly yeah. than anything I've seen in a long time. Just like, and it's over. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> Done. Yeah. But, yeah, like, no country for old men abrupt. <laughs> no, because this didn't make me mad wondering what the fuck I just watched for the last two hours. Ow, you <laughs> I'm sorry. No Country for Old Men is a great movie. That ending sucked. But the ending, back to that's the, how the that's every how the single ends, frame though, of that movie is amazing. But anyway. A book's yeah, a different than a movie. I agree with, I agree with you, Justin. Okay. But anyways, uh, anyways, unless there's any other points, I don't want to go on too long with this review because otherwise we'll talk long. Not fucking action. 20 more minutes. Let's do it and, uh, as abruptly as the fucking movie did. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know what, Bradley, since you haven't talked as much, uh, why don't you give your final thought rating? What, what were some of the final th things you had to say about this? Well, I just think this is accessible for everybody. You guys are, you know, writers. I know you're artists yourselves, film students. You know, I'm just a guy and I enjoy silly shit. Like, <laughs> and this is very silly when he's yeah. talking about how important his play is and then the next scene is a ridiculous prop crab that scuttles back and forth in front of the camera I'm laughing and my son who is eight is laughing too he doesn't know who Orson Welles is but he thought it was silly and another part I really liked is the understated moment when um, David Harbour playing himself as David Harbour is finding more about his dad and his mouth is like a gape like you mean he wasn't a perfect legend? Come on, Alan, that's relatable. All of us can relate <laughs> no, to that when we find out just... our parents aren't perfect. But it, it was kind of funny. Went, but, then, but then it ends immediately. It never gets brought up again. <laughs> was my father a monster? <laughs> but it, 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 it never gets brought up again. That's my problem with this movie. Okay. Well, final rating for me. I, I really think the world needs more silly stuff like this, guys. A huge fan of Spinal Tap. Huge fan of Waiting for yeah. Godot. Nice. Huge fan of Best in Show. I'm not saying this is as great as those, because I'll probably watch this a lot, though, just like I watch those ones. I'm going to yeah. say eight monsters who are actually doctors, who are actually monsters, who were really all the friends we made along the way <laughs> out of ten journeys. <laughs> That's great. Uh, you know what, Alan, why don't you go ahead just get it out of you? <laughs> uh, this is a fucking, this is a weird ass, from the title alone, I literally thought I was reviewing the wrong thing. I'm like, what the fuck is this title? I still don't actually understand the fucking title. And then you watch it, and it's like, there, there seems like there was a premise here that could have been really great, because in the moment you start, you're like, oh, David Harbour III, I'm doing my final, like, okay, cool, there's something here that I'm like, okay, I can't wait to see how weird this is going to be. But any bit it has never lasts long enough for you to really get anything out of. It's more of just a quick sight gag, and it gets immediately forgotten. Where I'm like, if you just let some of this stuff breathe, maybe double the runtime and actually get something out of it, I think you could have had something that was incredibly absurd and did everything it needed to. But it feels like it comes in way too quick, ends way too quickly, and you're just like, what did I really just fucking sit through? 
and everything else that kind of happens like yeah i guess this is weird if i'm if i went to film school for four years maybe i'd get half these jokes but i didn't so i don't fucking know half these references so i just found myself really just not really enjoying myself and honestly just waiting for the time to really go by because i'm like i just want this to be over because i don't get what the fuck's going on so as far as my rating, I'd have to give it uh, four uh, room references out of uh, <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> that wo- that woman on the stairs is a room reference. I'm standing by. It. I, I you know what? I almost believe that the way it was directed and everything. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, I'll go first so Mark can have the final thought on this. <coughs> oh my! Because I feel like, I feel like you'd have it a good way to summarize this. Uh, but anyways. Uh, oh god, that's a lot of pressure now. Okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll do it abruptly. <laughs> just hundred percent. Just cut it off mid sentence. Four out of, and then it's over. <laughs> That'd be great. No, um, I, you know what? Actually, I was not. I didn't know how to feel about this before I started recording, but now talking about it, I actually kind of start to like it a little bit more. The more I think about it, it's, it is over before you know it, and it's kind of funny looking at the credits of the people who made this. The director here is Daniel Gray Longino or Longino, how do you say that? Um, he was one of the main directors on Pen Fifteen. He's the main director on Who Is America. Uh, you know, he, he's done a bunch of stuff. And the writer was one of the writers from Arrested Development and a bunch of other absurdist comedies. Yeah. And, again, this feels like something that would be the start of a TV show if it was made. And honestly, you know, I say it wouldn't have sustained an hour and a half movie. Maybe it could have sustained, like, a little miniseries, which is actually kind of a credit to mm. itself. So, but yeah, I had, a lo- I had a lot of fun. I laughed a bunch throughout this. I, I was baffled and bewildered and confused, but I ended up enjoying it more than I did. So I'm going to give it... 7.5 out of 10 very delicious beef wellingtons. <laughs> <laughs> and Marco. Uh, okay, well, uh, <laughs> I think I've kind of said what I wanted to say about this. And yes, it is a parody, I think, of a certain type of film that uh, kind of falls between documentary and mockumentary. And, and on that level, I appreciated it. Uh, I agree with some of the things that have been said that for... Uh, for the general audience, I think this is going to go over their heads. They're going to be confused and maybe even a little upset. But, I mean, for crying out loud, people sit around and watch Aqua Teen Hunger Force and the Tim and Eric show. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're a generation that has dealt, just grown up with weird, absurdist stuff. And this is very clearly a bunch <clears throat> of people who know how to tell a strong narrative. Uh, everything you see in this is intentional. Even at its most inept, it's intentionally inept. Unlike certain films that the room uh, uh, that get all these kind of like all this love for being genuinely bad, uh, yeah. and again, just the title alone, right off the bat, should tell you what you're in for. This sort of absurdist Frankenstein's monsters, monster Frankenstein. I mean, okay, granted, it's no Buffalo, 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 but it's still pretty <laughs> damn good. Uh, which, by the way, that is a grammatically correct sentence. You can look that up and diagram it. Uh, but that name alone told me right off the bat kind of what I was getting into. And with that preparation, uh, I was able to enjoy this, I think, uh, more than perhaps somebody might else might. Uh, anyhow, this is worth watching once. Uh, it would definitely uh, be overly twee and self-indulgent, except for the fact that all of the actors, and we haven't complimented them enough, they all commit to this material. They're all in on the joke. And it's the rare show that has the good sense to know when to end, even if it's a little too abruptly. I give this ah, seven and a half 
Chekhov's pistols that may or may not be fired. Uh, so, and on that note, I think we're done.